Mac, I cannot wait for our next guest because I was watching Charlotte the other day play their game against Wichita State and the energy and enthusiasm from Mark Adams. I said to myself, we need this man on this radio show talking Charlotte 49ers hoops and really the conference and where this thing is headed here in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, this AAC race, Charlotte's right there in the thick of it. One against Wichita State the other day at Halton. Um, ever since they made that move to Isaiah Folks in the starting lineup, they were like 10-1. and one. It's been a huge move for Fern. It's a big reason why he has the contract now as the full-time coach. And Charlotte's right in the mix, man. Um, we got to talk about this a little bit with a guy that knows the conference. And anybody whose Twitter handle is enthusiasm. <laughs> no, let me get this straight. Yeah, yeah. Enthusiasms. There you go. Because of his energy, he fits on the Mac and Bone show. So let's check in and see what he thinks of the hometown Niners and their chances. Because, again, it's going to come down to that AAC tournament for the Niners. He is Mark Adams. Uh, he joins us here. College Hoops analyst extraordinaire on ESPN. Joins us on the Mac and Bone show on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Mark, Happy New Year. How you doing? What's going on? You know, I am Jack. I mean, the, the, the American Athletic Conference has been such an exciting league this year. Almost half of the games have been decided by six points or less, almost 40% by three or four points or less. And it's just fun every day. I mean, I, I can't wait for the next game. And I've got East Carolina at Rice coming up. And look, neither of those teams are really in the hunt, but East Carolina is playing the best basketball in a, maybe in decades right now. So it, it's just a fun, fun time for me to be a part of the college basketball scene. Mark, before we get into the uh, the reasons why Charlotte's playing so well the last two months or so, what was your reaction to the environment at Halton Arena? You were there. How was that to be there in person to watch how this city and that school is gravitating towards their Niners? You know, I'm, I'm so happy for 49er fans. Look, I, I'm really old, guys. I, I might be enthusiastic, but I'm really old. <laughs> and, and, like, I remember Lee Rose. In fact, Lee Rose, I wrote to 125 schools back in 1979 for an opportunity to get a graduate assistantship, okay? Yeah. And Lee Rose was at Purdue at that time. Of course, it had great success in 77 with Cedric Cornbread Maxwell at Charlotte. And I wrote to him specifically because of that Charlotte team. I admired how they played. I admired uh, Cornbread Maxwell. And, and he was one of three coaches out of 125 that actually responded to me. Now, I got denied. You know, but it's like it's like asking my wife to dance. Finally, after 125 tries, she said yes. We've been married for 34 years, so you know I've been a fan of the 49ers for a long time. Bobby Lutz, I have tremendous respect for Bobby, and it's just fun to come back and see basketball become important again in Charlotte because it's a great basketball city, and I think the fans are most deserving of this team that Aaron Fern has put together. Yeah, they are. There's no doubt. It's been a long time, time coming, and we love seeing Halton rocking. So, how does this Niner team do it? I mean, it's not necessarily always the prettiest. I know that Fern yeah. is still using that pack line defense that Sanchez brought in. They defend. They've got effort. They're gritty. I mean, is that how they're doing this? What do you see that are the strengths to have the Niners sitting there ten and two in the conference? Well, there's the obvious things of, of, of Luke I. Patterson is a human bowling ball that just rolls downhill. You know, I, I just I just love his physicality in many ways. Now, he's not the same player, but offensively, he reminds me of Fred Van Vliet. And, and Fred uh, is a little bit shorter at six foot tall, but a high basketball IQ, tremendous grit, bets on himself, and went from an undrafted rookie to an NBA All-Star. And Fred Van Vliet at Wichita State, he was the point guard there during their Final Four run and during the, the, the heyday when, when Greg Marshall was there. Lukai does a lot of those same things. He's always got his feet underneath him. He's always balanced, and he always has uh, the physical advantage against the defender. He leverages his lower body. 
He's like a running back in the NFL that lowers his pads. You know, his shoulders are always low to the ground, and he invites contact. And then Igor Milicic, you know, is a guy that has such size that at 6'10", can see over defenders, so really hard to guard with his skill set. But I'm telling you, there's a couple guys that don't get enough love on this team, and Deshaun Jackson's one of them. He's, to me, he's the best big man screener I have seen this year. Wow. And I, that's not a sexy thing. That's yeah. not what fans really you know, want, to, want to look at. But I'm telling you, the angles he takes instead of screen, and that's Aaron Fern, by the way. That, that's Australian basketball right yeah. there. The angles that he takes to set screens for guys like Nick Grace, for guys like Luke Guy, I mean, he sets massive screens out there. He's like the, the Great Wall of China to try to get around. You just can't get through him. And then I think Nick Graves is, is really an interesting player. Again, a high IQ guy that's selfless. And that, that's the thing about the culture of this team, that it has such a selfless inner core to it. Uh, Coach Fern has built, I think, an interesting culture, and it's based on Australian basketball. I mean, one of my favorite players was Matthew Delavadova was the best teammate I've ever seen at St. Mary's. And and it, I just think that it's something that's born within that system and something that Coach Aaron Fern has done on the accountability side has been amazing for me to watch from the outside. And on Sunday, I had the privilege of watching it from inside. We're talking to Mark Adams of ESPN. He's at Enthusi Adams on social media, doing a great job for us, breaking down what he saw from the Niners on Sunday. Coming up next for the Niners on Wednesday, they're going to Memphis. How do you analyze this matchup and, and what's been the story with Memphis of why they've fallen off here throughout the throughout the year? Well, analyze is the right term as in psychoanalysis. I mean, Memphis right now, they got problems. And I saw it firsthand when it first started to manifest itself in their locker room. They had just lost a game that they had, they had led by 20 points to USF. I had the very next game. I, I sat down with Penny Hardaway, who is very transparent, by the way. You never struggle with getting information from, from Penny. And then Javon Quinterly also sat down with me, and, and they both described a, a locker room that was fractured at that time, and they were working hard to bring it together. Uh, but this team at times uh, has played great. I mean, early in the season, they were unbelievable. They, they, won, they had won nine out of ten games by six points or less, and then all heck broke loose. And there's, they are suffering from the transfer portal, quite frankly. They've got a bunch of guys that all think they should have the ball, but David Jones is the best player. Quinterly has made so many great decisions coming down the stretch, and there was jealousy. If they get over that and can play together, they're as talented, they're more talented than anybody in the league. But it's going to be culture versus dysfunction. That would be the way I would describe it. If I was opening the game, that's how I would describe it. And, and I think that Memphis has all the talent. If they can come together, look, they can win this thing. But I'm not sure they care enough about each other to do that. I just don't know. All right, so your versus dysfunction is also what we call our radio show at times, Mark. <laughs> and, and, I have a bad feeling we're the latter. A very bad feeling what we are. All right, oh, so, by the way, South Florida is still 12-1, and one, even though Charlotte and their place had them down 17 and let them off the dang hook and lost that game. They beat Florida Atlantic over the weekend. Florida Atlantic's now in third. That great team, that talented team. Charlotte's in second. So what do you think? Like, is this, is this, like, I think Florida Atlantic's got a great tournament resume because of their non-conference. But between Charlotte and South Florida, like, do both of those teams have to win the conference tournament to get in a dance? Is that kind of what we're looking at? And if so, what are Charlotte's chances in a conference tournament setting? 
Yeah, well, first of all, the, the short answer is yes. I okay. think both of them have to win the conference tournament. And I hate saying that. And, look, we could do a whole other radio segment on scheduling in college basketball and how unfair it is. And both of these teams suffer from that. But we'll, we'll, we'll save that for another day. That's kind of a thing that's in my wheelhouse a little bit. We'd love to talk about it. Okay. But when, when we talk about both those teams, and USF in particular, and they have two really elite shooters in Youngblood and Stelton Miguel that both shoot over 40%. And, and those, those guys, and then Cason Pryor, who looks like he's getting ready to go you know, to a Metallica concert every night. And, and I love his play. I think he, and, and he plays that way. I mean, he plays like the Sandman. I mean, he's just gonna, he just goes after people. And, and so I, I, that's a really intriguing team. And what Amir Abdur-Rahim has done there, it's either he or Aaron Fern for Coach of the Year right now. And I think that it's a, just a, a great story in college basketball. I think it also begs the question of, the, the, the whole scheduling dynamic where you can buy home games and the, and then they the, all the big money conferences collude together so they can help themselves metrically and have metric-friendly games. And the fact of the matter is that, UA, uh, that uh, USF now and Charlotte don't have those friendly metric games early in their schedule. And so they're suffering from that right now, and that's just a cold hard fact. So this, this would be a one-bid league if FAU wins the, wins the tournament. It would be a one-bid one league. Mark, you just saw Halton. You saw the Niners. You know South Florida very well. March 2nd, Halton Arena, South Florida comes to town. There's not been many big games at all in the last 19, 20 years in that arena. How special is that going to be for how good these teams are playing right now and how into the the team these Niner fans are? It's just going to be awesome. You know, and and look, I think one thing, I don't know if the fans know this. I talked about it on the air the other day. But I always ask coaches a question and players when I interview them. I always ask them one question. Tell me one thing about you nobody knows. And sometimes they hesitate. Aaron Fern, there was zero hesitation. He says, I grew up on a New Zealand sheep farm. Now, I had no idea that Aaron Fern was a New Zealand sheep farmer. Okay, I, I didn't know that. <laughs> and and I, I asked him, I said, so what did you learn? He said, I learned that work ethic is everything. I worked on my grandparents' farm and we, we you know herding sheep and growing sheep and whatever you I mean shearing sheep you know the whole deal and I'm obviously not a, not an expert in that field <laughs> and and so I asked him so what's the best thing about being a sheep farmer he said the best thing is when the hay's in the barn and everybody's got that big smile on their face I said what's the worst thing he goes you work 365 days a year 24 hours a day seven days a week there are no vacations unless you got a really good sheep farmer that lives next to you. In Australia, there aren't many of those. You know, so I mean, no. But that work ethic that yeah. he's had in his life, I think, is fascinating. It's translated that team. So I'm going to tell all those 49er fans: I think you should dress like sheep herders. I think you should dress like sheep farmers for <laughs> that game. How about that for an idea? You know, I mean, how are your coach and his work ethic and what he did, how he sacrificed, how he helped his grandparents be successful. So I. I'm not doing the game. I wish I was because I, I dress up, you know, like a sheep herder in that game. There you go. You've heard See, it. Kids, this at, is, kids at Halton. This is why Mark Adams is more professional than me. He got those answers from Aaron Fern. I asked him the first time, Mark, about how many Outback Steakhouses there are in Australia. Yes. So you had you had different, he different got avenue way, than I did. Way yeah. better question from Mark there towards Aaron Fern. But you can see why this team maybe plays above even their, you know what I mean? They're Collectively, yeah. they're greater than their individual talents. It comes from the coach, and I'm so glad that he's got himself the full-time job awesome now. Stuff. All right, Mark Adams, ESPN. Mark, thanks so much for shedding a little light. We're, we're talking, we talk so much ACC around here. It was great to have an analyst that knows the AAC and what Charlotte 
Bassett um, is up against to try to get a bid, man. Thank you so much. My pleasure, guys. Thanks for having me on. Go 49ers. I'm a fan. Shower, shave, and share your mornings with Mac and Bone. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 FM WFNZ. The official home of the Charlotte Sports Fan.